Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Well, as many of you would know that I've been conducting a series based on the letter of Philippians called Triumph Through Tough Times. But today I want to take a slight departure from looking at that letter. And because of being inspired because of Anzac Day and that sort of thing, I want to read another passage of scripture to you and preach from that. And the passage of scripture is, uh, is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. 2 Timothy 2, uh, verses 3 to 4, and it says this. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So here in this passage of scripture, it's written by the Apostle Paul and he's writing to one of the uh, church leaders named Timothy. And he is saying to him, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So he is saying to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to be a soldier. Now notice this, he doesn't say I want you to be a civilian. He says to him, I want you to be a soldier. And so what he's basically saying is that I've got a level of living for you where you're going to be considered part of God's army. Now, all through the scripture, there are different names uh, attributed uh, to the church. One of the names is the bride of Christ. And that talks about our intimacy with God and his desire for that. And it also talks about the way that he looks at us. Another description for the body of, of, for the church is actually the body of Christ. And so that indicates that we are his hands and feet to do his will here on the earth. But there's also another indication that God has called us not just to be a body and not just to be the bride. He also calls us his family, which is awesome as well. But more than that, he also wants us to be an army. And what that means is God's desire and God's plan for his kingdom is to advance. His plan and purpose for his people is actually to advance as well. God hasn't called us to just sit here in this life and make it through singing kumbaya in a corner, waiting till Jesus returns, and then we can go be with him in the great by and by. God has called his church, he's called his kingdom, he's called his people to advance and advance the kingdom of God. And all armies are made up of soldiers. Here, he writes to Timothy and he says to him, I want you to be a good soldier. And he kind of describes what it means to be a soldier. So today, I want to talk to you about five signs that if you're, that you're a, five signs of a soldier. Five ways you can tell if you're actually a soldier uh, of the Lord. And I thought it would be really appropriate to talk about this topic here on Anzac Day weekend as we honour our past and present armed forces. The first sign that you're a soldier says in verse 3, he says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The first sign that you're a soldier is that you endure hardship. Soldiers endure hardship. Soldiers understand that life isn't all about comfort. Soldiers don't have a consumer-minded mentality. Soldiers understand that there are times in life where we actually have to endure hardship. As a Christian, when you're a true soldier of the Lord, you understand that life isn't always smooth, that life isn't always easy, that there are times when tough times and hardships actually come to us. But those things don't come to us to cause us to shrink back. 
Those things don't come to us to cause us to be defeated. They don't come to us to, in order for us to be discouraged. When hardship comes, God's plan for us is to endure it because we will get through the other side. So that means there are times and seasons where we just have to keep on pushing through difficulties, that we have to just keep on marching on regardless of how difficulty, how difficult circumstances can be. God does not want us to be consumer-minded Christians whereby we expect everything to be easy and comfortable because that is not the Christian life. In the Christian life, there is great favour, there is great blessing, there is great victory, and there is great breakthrough. But no, make no mistake, there are times when hardship comes into our life and as a true soldier of God, we are to continue to endure it and push it through. Soldiers understand this. One of my cousins uh, was training to be uh, a commando in the armed forces. And, uh, and, and when I was hearing about the training he was doing, it was just unbelievable. Um, and he was telling me, and he actually, broke, uh, he actually broke his leg. And what had happened was that they were doing a nighttime parachute uh, and a parachute landing, and they were carrying 32-kilogram uh, 32 backpacks. So he jumps out of this plane in the middle of the night, when he lands, he hears this massive crack in his leg and pain shooting up his leg. And when he did, and so, and he was telling me this story and I said, wow, well, what did you do? You know, did you call for the ambulance? Did you ask for someone to come and help you? Did you stop doing the training drill? And he goes, no, mate. He said, I kept walking. And I said, what? I said, what do you mean? He says, I just got up and and I just walked and I finished the task. And he had to walk something like 20, 30 kilometres, something like that, with a broken leg and a 32 kilo backpack. And I remember thinking to myself, mate, you're crazy. I said, why would you do something like that? And he just kind of looked at me and he didn't understand why I didn't understand. But that's because I had a civilian mentality and he had a soldier mentality. If it was me and I got a paper cut or something like that, I would want to tap out. I just want to, want to pull out of the exercise. But a soldier's mentality understands that we just have to endure hardship and keep on going through. Even right now, there are many people now, you're in the middle of hardship. I want to encourage you that on the inside of you, God has given you more strength than you realize. There's more on the inside of you than you even know. You have help from the Holy Spirit and all you need to do is rise up and keep on going and keep enduring this hardship. This hardship will not last forever and this hardship will this hardship will end and you are strong enough to actually come through the other side. There's been times in my life where I've been going through hardship, wanted to lay things down or quit them, but no, you've just got to endure and keep on going if you want to be a soldier and a territory taker for Christ. A number of years ago, um, our house got flooded in the Brisbane floods of 2011. And so a few days after the floods had come through and we had emptied our house of its contents, we had to go back to the house to talk because we were expecting a visit from an insurance assessor. And so uh, Trish and I went back to the house and there was still a lot of work we had to do around the house. Uh, and we we're doing all this work and cleaning up. And, you know, we're really tired. We're really discouraged, feeling pretty despondent. Didn't know where our financial situation was at at the moment. I wasn't actually sure if we were insured. And so, and the, and the insurance company was acting a little bit coy with me on the phone. And I was hearing all these different reports about whether I was insured or not. So, um, I'm, so I'm feeling, you know, a little bit delicate at that stage. And, and so the insurance assessor come, uh, 
came, and he's a subcontractor, so he works for a number of different insurance insurance companies. He comes into my house, he just has, takes one look at it, and he says, yep, you were definitely flooded. And he turned to me and he said, uh, are you in, he goes, who are you insured with? And I told him the insurer that I was insured with. And he said, oh, that insurer is underwritten by this other insurer. I said, that's right. And then he said to me, and he probably shouldn't have said to me, he said, well, that insurer isn't paying out on this flood. Soon as he said that, it was like an arrow to my heart. It just completely knocked the wind out of me. I was so completely uh, discouraged. Uh, he left and then Trish said to me, uh, she said, okay, we've got more to do around the house. I looked at her. I said, i got nothing. I said, I can't. I said, I'm going home. There's no way. I'm too discouraged. I went home and I remember all afternoon I was crying in my room because I felt like our financially we were actually ruined. Uh, Trish didn't say much to me at the time. I was kind of hoping she would put an arm around me and encourage me and that didn't actually kind of happen. Uh, and then the next day um, I got up in the morning and Trish came and saw me and I love the fact of this about my wife. Uh, she said to me, she goes, right, you've had your cry. Uh, now you've got to go back to the house and finish the job. And uh, everything in me wanted to stay home and keep on crying. But you know what? I knew she was right. I've got a job to do. I've got to get up and get going. And just because there's hardship, sometimes we just have to endure it and keep on going because soldiers know that they need to endure hardship. Your willingness to endure hardship will determine your destiny. Your willingness to go through difficult times and not quit will determine the height that your life is going to. And right now, there's a lot of people feeling stretched. Right now, there's a lot of people feeling vulnerable. I'm here to let you know that on the inside of you, God's spirit lives. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you and he can rise you up on the inside and in spite of what you're going through, he can help you to persist and to overcome it. That's why the scripture calls us overcomers. If you're an overcomer, it means there are still some obstacles in your way trying to stop you. But when you're an overcomer, you can rise up and don't allow those things to stop you. This is just a season. This will not be forever and you can keep on going. You can endure it and when you come Come out the other side. You'll be better than you were before. He says here that you as a soldier must endure hardship. The second thing, the second sign that you're a soldier, second, says in 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 4, he says that you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then he says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. The second sign that you're a soldier is that soldiers engage in warfare. Soldiers don't join the army to look nice in a uniform. Soldiers join in the army because they need to be willing to fight. It's not something that's just for appearance sake. Soldiers are there in the army to, if need be, do a job, to engage in warfare. So what that means is for us as Christians, that if you're a soldier of God, that you need to be willing to fight. And I'm talking, the scripture talks about that we, our warfare is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. And also too, if you're willing to fight, you need to be willing and able to use the weapons that are at our disposal. That as Christians, God has given us spiritual weapons and we need to be able to wield those weapons. One of the weapons that we have is the word of God that the Bible says the word is like a sharpened two-edged sword. 
One of the greatest things you can do right now is to take God's Word, spend time in it daily, and even start declaring it and start speaking it. Prayer is actually a weapon that we have as well. That you can use, that you can, as you pray, and you can see things shift, and you can just keep praying and believing. Even now, as a church, we're having prayer meetings every weeknight because we are believing for the door to close on this virus in our nation and in our state. And so that's why we're just going to keep on fighting, keep on believing. Giving is actually a weapon at our disposal. That's why it says, and you may have seen in the offering that I shared before, it says Malachi chapter 3, verses 11, God says that he will rebuke the devourer. So the devourer might come at you, God will rebuke it, and one of the ways that we can push him back is by sustained and continuous generosity. So what that means is, if you're a soldier, but you can't exercise and use the weapons for warfare, we're not going to be as effective as we otherwise could be because God has called us to be able to fight uh, for ourselves. A number of years ago, I watched a movie called The Last Samurai uh, starring Tom Cruise. And in that movie, um, he was a drunken ex-soldier uh, who was asked by the Japanese government to go over there and teach them how to use, uh, how to use guns. Uh, because at that time, uh, you know, guns were just like a new technology. And so he was invited to go over to Japan, teach their army how to use guns. Because what was happening in Japan at the time, that there was all these local warlords with warriors called samurai, and the samurai were, uh, were going around and defeating the land within Japan. And so the samurai used to use swords. So the Japanese government thought, you know what, if we have guns, we can defeat their swords. And so the, at the time, Japan was just trying to, form, the government was trying to formulate their own army. They got a lot of people in, people who were farmers and peasants, gathered them in, and Tom Cruise's character was supposed to teach them how to use a gun, because guns are superior weapons in, uh, to swords. And so he went over there, and he's trying to teach them how to use it, and these guys didn't know how to use the gun. They weren't accurate. They didn't know how to load it up. Uh, it was quite diabolical. And then uh, all of a sudden, preemptively, uh, one of the leaders in the government came and said, we need to go and fight some samurai right now. They're advancing and trying to take territory in this area. And uh, Tom Cruise's character said, no, uh, these guys aren't ready to fight. Uh, they don't even know how to use uh, the weapons that we've given them. And they said, no, well, we've got superior weapons. We've got these guns. Samurai have swords. We're going to have to go fight them. And he said, no, they don't know how to use it. So to prove his point, uh, he went and stood by the target, gave a gun to one of the peasants who was trying, to, trying out for the army and said to him, shoot me. And so the peasant got the gun. He loaded it up. And he shot and he missed his target. And then Tom Cruise comes out, comes back and he says, they're not ready. Anyway, they sent them in with superior weapons, but they weren't trained properly to fight against the samurai. And when they went out there, they were completely slaughtered by the samurai. And Tom Cruise's character actually got, uh, actually got imprisoned and captured. And so here is one group with inferior weapons. Here's another group with superior weapons. But because they didn't know how to use it, they lost it to those with inferior weapons. In the same way as Christians, we have superior 
weapons. We have weapons of faith. We have weapons of the Word of God. We have weapons of prayer. We have weapons of worship. We have weapons of positive declaration. We have weapons of the anointing. We have these weapons. But if we don't use them, we can lose to an inferior opposition. That's why right now, if you've got more time in your hands, it's the best time you've got to start sharpening those weapons. Get into God's Word. Start declaring God's Word. Spend more time in prayer. Start exercising your faith in those spiritual disciplines because you will find, you will start beating back the enemies of negativity, beating back the uh, enemies of unbelief, beating back the enemies of negative circumstances because God has given us superior weapons. And it says here that if you're a soldier, we need to be able and willing to engage in warfare. The third sign that you're a soldier he says in Second Second uh, Timothy chapter two verse four, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So soldiers extricate themselves from civilian affairs. Soldiers don't have the same values as civilians. Soldiers live to serve. Soldiers live to sacrifice. It's the soldiers that go out and fight the battles. And it's the civilians who basically take up the spoil. And it says here that God has called many of us to actually be soldiers. So that means we need to have a shift in our thinking. We need to move from a selfish, uh, self-interested mindset and move to a sacrificial mindset. Because that is the mindset of a soldier. Soldiers have different values from civilians. But it's actually soldiers that are sent to take territory. It's soldiers that are sent to advance uh, the kingdom of God. And so soldiers have different values. You know, I was greatly touched a number of years ago when I went to the war memorial in Canberra. And I'd been there when I was a teenager, but, you know, I'd, I'd seen it, but it hadn't really sunk in. But as a grown-up, uh, I went a couple of years ago and we were in Canberra and I just went to the war memorial and I was so deeply touched. I couldn't believe it. Down one side, as I'm sure many of you have been there, internally down one side of the War Memorial is just a whole list of names. Thousands upon thousands of names. And these are names of all the um, people that died, all the Australians that died in the war. And it filled up one side of the war. There were over 60,000 names on there. Over 60,000 names. 460,000 in the First World War Australians went to war. We had a population of 5 million. We had a population of 5 million. 460,000 actually went to war and of that, 15% of them died and it filled one side. And I remember looking that, I just couldn't believe it. The amount of people that went and felt who had heard the call to go out and serve their country and they went out and they fought and so, much, so many of them died and, and their lives were sacrificed for our nation. On the other side of the war memorial was a list of names nearly as long and that was actually the Second World War. So there weren't quite as many that died as in the First World War but there were still quite a lot. There was 27,000 that actually Australians that died in the Second World War. And all these people went out to serve their country as soldiers knowing I am doing this for future generations. I'm willing to fight now. Maybe there's a chance, there is a chance I will lose my life, 
but I'm willing to make sacrifice for the benefit of the civilians at home. And that is actually what the value of a soldier. Soldiers are not into their own self-aggrandizement. Soldiers are not into what's in it for me. Soldiers have different values, and their values are to serve and seek for the betterment of others. And the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, if you're a soldier, you don't entangle yourself with civilian affairs. You don't think of yourself like a civilian. Civilians, all they think about is what's in it for me? How's my life going to advance? How am I going to get better? I'll do that if there's something in it for me. But that's not how a soldier thinks. A soldier comes to serve. And the soldier says, wherever you send me, I will go. And notice, and these are the kind of people that God is willing to use. Maybe even for some of you in this season, you're in a reset period. We're literally that your plans had actually fall to the wayside. There were some plans that you had set and some goals that you were going to achieve. And because of what's happening in our society right now, you've had to lay them down. And you're thinking to yourself, what am I going to do? I feel like for some of you that are watching this, God wants to let you know that he's about to reposition you. That he's about to call you into something that you weren't previously thinking of doing. But as he calls you off into this direction, uh, he, you, uh, it might look like there's an element of sacrifice. It might look like, you know, that it might look like there's not as much in it for me. But God wants you to know he's going to use you as a territory taker for his kingdom. Because God doesn't send civilians with selfish attitudes to go and take countries and nations. He actually uses soldiers. And soldiers extricate themselves. They've got different values from civilians. They extricate themselves from civilian affairs. The fourth sign that you're a sign of a soldier, he says in verse 4 again, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So the third, fourth thing about soldiers is that soldiers exist to please God. Soldiers exist to please God. You know, it's a, he, he, they live to please him who enlisted him. Who's the one who enlisted him? He's talking about the Lord. And so soldiers exist to please God. That whatever God wants me to do, I'm going to do. Wherever he wants me to go, I'm going to go. That God is looking for people who will say, you know, I'm going to lay down my personal agendas and I will go and do whatever God wants me to do. I will serve him regardless. You know, as a Christian, I firmly believe, and you've heard me talk about it a lot, church, that I believe in expansion and I believe in advancement and I believe in blessing and I believe in favour. But in the midst of all that, there is times when there's elements where we sacrifice. And there are times when God calls us to do things simply because, uh, calls us to do things that maybe we don't even feel like doing, but we do them in order to obey him and follow him. There are times in our life where God will ask us to do things we don't feel like doing. You know, a number of years ago, I was, uh, and I think I've told you this story before, church, that uh, I was at living in Melbourne, and uh, I was praying about my future, and, um, and I really felt God called me to go to Bible college in Sydney, and I didn't want to go, and I just didn't feel, I didn't want to leave Melbourne, I didn't want to leave home, and, but I really felt God calling me to do it, so I spoke to a friend of mine, and I said to him, uh, and, and, and I thought he would talk me out of it, because he wouldn't want me to leave, and I said, listen, I feel like God's calling me to go to Bible college in Sydney, and he said to, and he turned to me, and he said, well, maybe God wants you to do what he wants you to do instead of you doing what you want to do all the time. And I was so shocked when he said that to me. But it actually struck me like an arrow. And I realized he's right. 
I've lived my whole Christian life wanting to please myself. But now I realize God hasn't called me to please myself. God has called me to please him because he is the one who enlisted me as a soldier. And so as soldiers, you know, soldiers don't choose where they go. It's not like, you know, you've got the army barracks and the commander calls the troops in and says, okay, guys, we're going to go and, you know, we're going off to Afghanistan. You're not going to have one of the soldiers put their hand up and say, oh, listen, sorry, boss, um, I don't feel like going to Afghanistan. Could we take Hawaii instead? It's not going to happen. Soldiers don't choose where they go. Soldiers obey the one who enlisted them as a soldier. And that's one of the signs of being a soldier. We exist to please him. And the last thing, the last sign that you're a soldier. He says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The fifth sign that you're a soldier, the fifth sign of a soldier, is soldiers enlist in the army. Soldiers are not born. Soldiers are enlisted. Soldiers make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to transition my life and I'm going to be a soldier. I'm feeling that I'm being called to serve. Soldiers enlist. They're actually not born. You know, as Christians, there are different levels of spiritual maturity that we have. And I firmly believe that for every Christian, there comes a point in our life where God matures us to a level where now we're not living for ourselves anymore, that now we're actually living for him. And we have to make that transition in our thinking. We have to decide that we're going to do it because if he enlists us, we actually have to choose. And so maybe you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, you're sensing that you've had a bit more time of reflection, you've had a bit more time at home thinking and you're sensing that God's redirecting you and you're sensing that God is saying to you that, I want you to now rise even stronger in your maturity in God. That you're going to endure hardship and you'll come out the other side, you'll be stronger. That you will will exist to please Him. That you'll you'll grow and develop in, in in spiritual disciplines and know how to use the weapons. And and you'll exist and learn to, you'll exist to please God. And you're also feeling, I just, I feel like, I'm feeling like I need a, just put my hand up to him and say, Lord, use me, use me. You know, a number of years ago, I was in my early 20s. I was feeling pretty aimless, not knowing what to do with my future. And I used to listen to this song. This was a long time ago. It was, it was a Ron Canoli song. Some of you might remember Ron Canoli. And he was used to sing this song and it was, if he can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And I remember being in my room at home one time and I put the song on, started singing that song. Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. And I started singing it. And when I was singing it, there was a part of me that thought, man, I don't think God could use me. And I just remember pushing through and I just thought, no, Lord, I think you use me, whatever you want me to do. Before that time, my prayer life was kind of like, God, do this for me. But this is probably one of the first times where I said, Lord, use me, whatever you want me to do. It was almost like when Isaiah had a vision of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6. And the Lord said, whom shall I send? Who shall go for me? And Isaiah put his hand up and he said, Lord, 
send me. It's almost like the moment he transitioned. Transitioned from being a civilian to being a soldier. And I sense there's some people watching this and you're sensing in your heart, God, I don't want to be a civilian. I don't want to be the kind of Christian where everything is done for me. I want to be a soldier. I want to be someone that you send out to take territory. I want to be the kind of person that will sacrifice for the benefit of others. I don't believe all Christians are soldiers. That's why I believe the Apostle Paul wrote here to Timothy. He didn't write it to a whole church. He wrote to an individual. And he said, you, Timothy, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Extricate yourself from civilian affairs. I'm calling you onwards and upwards. And maybe you're at home right now and you're sensing that call, that call to service, the call to serving the Lord. Let's take that same spirit that our nation was founded upon, that same spirit where others went for our benefit, paid a price for us so that we can have what we have. Why don't we as this generation in in the spirit for the Lord, take on that same spirit and say, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, I'll do it for you. We serve a God of blessing. We serve a God of favour. We serve a God of victory. But make no mistake, there are times in the Christian life where we're called to a higher plane of service and a higher plane of sacrifice. And so maybe you're feeling that way at home right now. If that's you, just put your hands out. We're going to pray. And even as we're doing that, I just had a picture right then. And uh, in the United States, they have a, a fictional character called Uncle Sam who represents the American government and wears a big top hat with the American flag. And whenever they're drafting people into the army, they have this picture of Uncle Sam. It says, Uncle Sam needs you. You've been called by the army, or called by your nation to serve. And I just felt right now that for some people, I don't know who you are, that the Lord is saying to you, the Lord needs you. There was something you need to put down. There's something that's taken off you. He's redirecting you because he's going to call you onwards and upwards to a higher call for something even greater. He's calling you to be a soldier. The church is supposed to be an army as well. Armies take territory, but armies are made up of soldiers. So if that's you, wherever you are, put your hands out. I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are sensing right now there's a redirection in their life. They're sensing a higher call, Lord God, into a higher call of service, Lord God. And I just ask and pray, Father, that help us as Christians to not purely be civilian-minded, but help us to be people who are service-minded as well. People who will sacrifice for the sake of the extension of the Kingdom of God. I thank You for that, Lord. I thank You for some, You're calling us to a higher level of maturity. I thank You for some, You're calling us to a higher level of responsibility. That as we remember, Lord God, on this Anzac Day weekend, that there were others called to serve for the benefit of others that went before us, that You're doing it again for the Kingdom of God right now. I thank and praise You for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Also, maybe you're watching this and you yourself haven't given your life to Christ. You don't have a relationship with God. Can I tell you, it's as simple as inviting Christ into your life. Christ died on the cross, took the punishment for your sin and mine that you might have a relationship with God. And so if you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then even where you are right now, you can do that right now. And so I want to pray for you. And so that's you. You're saying, I want to give my life to Christ. Why don't you, wherever you are, uh, pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for being a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life 
to be my Lord and Saviour, be my best friend. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. And I thank you that today I'm joining your family. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.